Hello, you amazing people out there, and welcome to the Amazing Action Comics Podcast, where we are all about independent comics. I'm one of your hosts, Angel, with Phil Pepe. How's it going, man? It is going. It's another Thursday, day after Wednesday, day after New Comic Book Day. So you know what that means. We have to pay alimony. I mean, uh, we get to read new comics. <laughs> so yeah, so how you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm good. No alimony yet. No alimony yet. <laughs> Who gets to keep the cats? That's the most important question. But you know, it's funny. We, that that is a conversation we recently had. Is um, when they're good, they're her cats. When they misbehave, they're my cats. It's always like that. Same thing with the freaking dog that we have. When the dog is good, she's fucking theirs. When she's bad, they want to fucking kill her and call her mine. Um, all right, guys. Uh, welcome to episode 94 of another indie comic review. Uh, this is the second week, right? No, this is the third week. Oh, you don't know what week we're in. Second week second of January. Week January, yes. Yes. Uh, so we're golden. We've got a couple of books that we picked <laughs> off the shelf. You know what's crazy is like at the beginning of the year, you think we'd have more pickings, but we had more options towards the end of the latter part of last year. Yeah. Um, and this week's week kind of like, oh, this year's starting to pick up nice and light. But you know what? I'm not complaining because there's plenty of other shit to still read that I got to catch up. Mm -hmm. My pile is getting bigger and bigger each week. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we do have three books for you this week that we picked off the shelf that we read and are going to give you our two cents. But before we get there, uh, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, number one, whew, Project Shadow Breed is already finally for sale. So head over nice. to AmazingActionComics.com. Head over to the shop and pick up your copy. I have to actually send out um, books today. They got ordered. So I'm excited about that. But at the same time, it's cheap labor. So I'm not excited about that. Uh, so I got to get those out. But yeah, so there, we did a limited run quantity for this time around, especially with the variant prints, which came out really cool. So uh, head over to AmazingActionComics.com to take a look and pick up uh, your copy. Uh, and then we got some other exciting stuff coming along the way, which is uh, great. So stay tuned for that. Uh, second but not least, uh, as Phil and I discussed last week, we were toying around with the idea of sort of like adding in a... Uh, uh, a movie that's related to an, an independent either comic or graphic novel um, and start doing those. And you know what? We, we, we're going we're gonna to push forward with that. So we're going to have indie comics and indie movies. So the last Thursday of each month, so that means we'll do 12 movies this year. Right. If one of us doesn't die before the end of the year. <laughs> we'll keep it going. So 12 movies this year. Uh, we'll so no that, run in the movies. <laughs> wait, is that again? run out of movies there's like probably like 11 indie, indie movies <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny then we fucking definitely have to die um yeah so yeah, yeah amazing action comics goes to the movies without actually going anywhere oh man that'd be fucking great um <laughs> all right so the last thursday of each month we'll pick a movie so the last thursday of this month i believe is the 26th we just saw that uh on the calendar right before we got on and uh we decided the first movie will be dread now, listen to you very carefully. Not Judge Dredd. Not Adrian Dredd. <laughs> who, was, who was the guy who played, uh, who played in Dredd? Do you remember his name? Uh, what do you mean? There's a lead? Oh, oh and, uh, yeah, for Dredd was yeah, uh, Carl, Carl Urban. Carl, yeah, the, yes. the comedian-esque Carl Urban, who yes. I find always sub submerses himself in roles. But we'll, we'll talk to that. We'll, we'll talk uh, to that, absolutely. We'll talk. And you know what? Even though we're not going to talk about Judge Dredd, we may just talk about the subtle differences. And the one major difference 
between right. the two movies. Not that the one clear, was the, the clear, yes. the clear line that is drawn between the two movies. And yes. not, not the judge in the title. Yes, especially <laughs> if you are a 2000 AD fan, a Judge Judge fan. So you, you'll know straight off the bat what we're going to be talking about. But yeah, look out for that. I'm excited for that because I'm going to have to rewatch it before we go on. Because freaking even, uh, uh, what is it, Lena Hensley is in it as well? Yeah, yeah, that's right. The from three hundred and yeah, yeah, she plays Mama. Um, right. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So that'd be cool. Um, but no, Rob- no what? No, no Rob Schneider. Fuck! Thank God. <laughs> that shit just killed me. All right, then we're gonna go off on a tangent, and I don't want to. Uh, yeah. So listen out for that. We're gonna have uh, a good time with that. Cryer, um, he's like John Cryer as Lenny Luther in um, Superman Four. Just, just put him in there. Just put that guy in there. Put Rob Schneider in the movie somewhere. You know what? He could, he probably could have done that part better. Because whoever that kid is, like, I, he was like a mixture of freaking Matthew Broderick and Rick Schneider. Yeah, if they well, dude, had. John Cryer. That was John Cryer in Superman 4. John Cryer? Yeah, for but, uh, Ducky. No, but he's not the baby of um, Matthew Broderick and freaking Schneider, is he? Like, they get together and make... <laughs> you know the Matthew Broderick era, like, school of, like, teenage actors who just, you know, painstakingly maintain relevance in their adulthood. Uh, and the cool thing with John Cryer is that he eventually went on to actually play Lex Luthor. Uh, in the CW shows, and like, what, oh, Super he did. That's the fucking beard. right. And he was yeah. bald and everything. That yeah, bald, but with the beard. That was the thing. I I kind of like that touch. Although now they're doing it with like every live action version of Luther now. But like the idea that he's so vain about his hair that he can't grow hair in his head, but he's just gonna grow a nice thick beard. <laughs> oh my god, that's insane. Yeah, he was like a freaking Matthew Broderick clone. That's like a Jack Kirby clone. These guys that are drawing. That's insane. <laughs> All right, sorry for the tangent, guys. We're going we're gonna to get into the reviews now. All right, so like I said, ep- <laughs> it was a weird tangent. Um, like I said, episode 94, these are uh, titles for the week of January 11th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Um, so we do have three. So I read two and Phil read one. So I guess I'll start us off and then Phil can like, you know, be the, uh, the rose in between two thorns kind of thing. Uh, well, actually, mine are not thorns. Uh, uh, the first book that I have here is Nemesis by our boy, Mark Millar. Yeah. Uh, this is released through Image Comics. You got Mark Millar, who is the creator. Uh, this is actually called Nemesis Reloaded because there was a previous series to this. Now, I'm going to answer a question. Do you have to read the previous series to understand what's going on in this one? The answer to that is no. It is called Reloaded for a reason. It's like a soft reboot of the character. So it's a retelling because he's, I guess, taking the character in a different direction now. It's a five-issue miniseries. Everything that Mark Millard does is four or five issues, maybe six at most, before it goes into either a second volume, third volume, and so forth. So he does chunks of stories at a time, which I think as a creator who does a ton of shit is smart. Because you can, like, uh, what do you have recently? Uh, a Prodigy, which was Icarus Project, which was the second volume of that mm-hmm. series. He's on to Magic Order third volume already. So he does them in six-issue chunks, which yeah. is kind of cool because then he can rotate his projects uh, through there while telling stories and then leaving them open and up so that he can come back and revisit them again for people that enjoy them. Uh, so, yeah, so this is a, a soft reboot of a character that he created um, not too long ago um, that pretty much 
everyone just equates him to an evil Batman, just this eccentric, you know, billionaire that goes out and kills whoever he wants to kill just for the pleasure of killing. And it's not always bad people. So it's, it's just for self-pleasure and, and purpose. Um, so he's the writer-creator. You got Jorge Jimenez on art. Uh, as a colorist, you have Giovanni Nito. And letters are by Clem Robbins. Now, in, in the beginning of this book, in, in the inside cover, there is sort of like a, an introduction by Mark Millar talking about, you know, this character, um, talking about, you know, Miller World and how he's bringing him into his Miller universe. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of his books that he had were not connected in the whole Miller universe. And now I think he's going to probably, if I'm not mistaken, taking this as the first character that he's going to bring in to that universe. So it'll be in the same universe as Kick-Ass and all that shit. It's like a Miller multiverse now. Like we need another one of those shits. Um, Jesus Christ. We're going through a phase now, aren't we? We see, we, we we went through like the post-apocalyptic phase with, you know, post-Americana and all those other books that came out during that age. Thank the fucking Lord we're not reading any more of this freaking dystopian shit. Uh, I'll wait, I'll wait another five more years. Um, Okay. Back to the book. Um, Art of Jorge Jimenez, because if if you read Batman, if you're mainstream and read Batman, you obviously saw him on there. Uh, You you may know who he is. His art is just really, really nice. I like his art style. Um, Facial expressions are great. He's really good at action. So, like, really distorting the bodies into, like, these really great poses for, you know, showing action on a a two-dimensional page, which is pretty cool. Um, So, yeah, so right off the bat... Uh, love the art on it. Now, as far as storytelling-wise, there's just one weird tidbit that I just could not get over. Like, the <laughs> first two pages of this book have nothing, nothing to do with the rest of the book. So, basically, I'm going to read it to you because it's, it's just real. It's just, it's not that it's out there when I'm reading to you. It's just that this fucking two pages has nothing to do. So, I don't know <laughs> if they belong in this book. But it says, everything you've heard before is a lie. This is my story. This is how it all began. And then these two pages go over what he's talking about. But basically all you see is this farm, this guy with a shotgun on the ledge of the farm, because I guess his wife hears a noise outside. And it's, it looks like a farm with a picket fence around it. And then he goes back to the house because he doesn't see anything. She's sitting on the bed. Her eyes are wide open. He's like, what the hell's wrong with you? And then Nemesis is underneath the bed with two guns pointed up her vag, saying he's, <laughs> under, he's under the bed. And then that's it. And then it goes into something completely... It goes into fucking Los Angeles. Huh. On that point four. It's just really weird. So I'm not sure if that's going to be something that's going to be tied in each issue. Um, and that builds, like, by the fifth issue, you have the entire story of that first... You're bringing thing. it up to that point in the beginning. That narrative technique of, yes. of showing you something and then going, like, four hours earlier, right? And then showing, building up to that point. Correct. You know, that- but there's no time reference in this there's, right, just a, right. there's a place reference but no time so we'll see if, if in the next issue if there's no reference to it i swear to the almighty it's gonna bother me for the rest <laughs> of my fucking life because it's just weird all right so that from that point on then you get actually into the story and basically you just have uh you don't have an origin in this it pretty much just kicks in as him being who he is, which is this this kick-ass, you know, Batman-ish character, but dressed all in white because he likes to see the blood that he spills on his <laughs> uniform, which is crazy. So in this first issue, I liked it a lot because it's it's, it's just action-packed. 
Uh, when you, when you're reading Mark Millar's stuff, it's not, and it's not like you're reading Neil Gaiman or or one of these guys where you have to like deeply like like sit there in a mental like mantra to ingest all this information, then dissect it down, and then you know be freaking like enlightened at the at the end of the tunnel. Um, there's no process. This is inhale, suck it down, and you're good to go. It's like it's like <laughs> vaping. Um, it's it's quick. Um, so yeah, so basically he's, you have Nemesis is, uh, stealing or kidnapping all the heads of all the bad guy gangs or freaking organizations within the LA area. And then he puts them into a pool blindfolded and they all either have a knife, uh, a razor blade or something. And he says, all right, guys. Um, you guys are blindfolded. I wouldn't take the blindfolds off because if you do, there's a little microchip bomb in there. It'll blow your head off. Ha, 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 ha. So when I say go, you guys are going to just start swinging away. And whoever's last standing wins. Basically, he just wants them to kill themselves. Nice. While, his, while their second lieutenants are on the sides of the pool watching. <laughs> and shit. So it's some crazy stuff. So that's one section of the story. Then it leads into this heist that he does. He kills all these rich elite people in L.A., and basically what he's doing is he's concocted a plan that's going to take about seven days to come to fruition. But he needs to get the cops out of the way and he needs to get the head guys out of the way from, you know, the gangs and stuff like that. So he's taking care of the gangs there. He, you know, robs this big jewelry thing that's worth $100 million. And now that we're in like the uh, Instagram live, kind of like Facebook live um, era of our lives, at the very end of the heist, he has his little like second lieutenants come in. They're bringing all these guns, saying, hey, we're here for a backup. He's like, ha, 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 you're not my backup. You're actually here just to bring my extra ammo because all the cops are coming. They get one cop at the very end. They kill all the cops on the outside. And then he goes live and he says, this is live to like everybody that can you know, watch what he's doing. He says, I got a proposition for you. I've got something that's happening in seven days. You guys are going to love it. But I need to get these guys out of the way and I need to get the cops out of the way. So I'm offering $10,000 for every cop that's dead. So he's sharing the $100 million thing that he just stole <laughs> by just killing all the cops that he can get. So we don't know what the plan is at the moment. But like I said, it's a really fast, quick, easy read, which I like. It's just like an action, no-nonsense comic. Um, and his intentions are not made. Well, his intentions are there, but his plan is not. But those first two pages, I swear, I swear to you, Phil, if there's <laughs> no addressing them in the next fucking issue, I will write something to Mark and be like, Mark, are those pages supposed to be there? Because it's fucking throwing me off. However, with that being said, yeah, if you like, uh, if you like Batman, you know, mainstream stuff, if you like Kick-Ass, um, his previous stuff, uh, this would be right up your alley. I, what was the other one? Not Supreme. It was... Um, uh, no, uh, not super, uh, uh, Superior. Superior, uh, which yeah. was uh, Superman... Con- the oh, Superman. Uh, Su- Superman slash Shazam. I'll put yes. it that way. Um, comic, then yeah, then this would be right up your alley. If, if you like Ordinary Menace art, then definitely up your alley. So it's a five-issue miniseries, so there's not a lot to commit to, which is great. Um, but I think you won't be disappointed. Action Pack, uh, Nemesis, Reloaded, check it out. Mark Millar, Image Comics. Very good. Very yeah. Good. All right, you're up. All right, so I have, uh, it's been a while, I think, since I've done something from Image Comics, but this is something from Image Comics. It is called Black Cloak. Uh, words by Kelly Thompson, art and colors, Meredith McLaren, lettered by Becca Carey, uh, edited by Charles Beecham. And um, so last week, 
uh, I was really happy with Spy Superb from Dark Horse uh, and Matt Kitt. Mainly because it was a 48-page comic, straight through, no ads, really nice paper, like just really just felt like a good comic and read really good. And it was, I felt, for the $7.99, a, a good value. This is a $4.99 book with of comic with no ads so take that spy superb this is certainly this is certainly the better value right now um as far as page count and you know type of paper used because i love i like that i like how a comic feels i like when it has some weight Mm -hmm. um not when it just feels like tissue paper in your hands and this uh this is a comic that i swear i everything that goes into not a fan of but it works and that's partly because there <laughs> okay. is a really cool mystery and i'm a fan of mysteries i like good mysteries but this has you know uh anthropomorphic or human animal type hybrids and even other like like there's a guy who's like a smoke guy like who's just it, it has um it, it, it has like elves and medieval type characters and sensibilities and caste systems, but it has modern technology, right? So there's some really like interesting things going on here. And you, you spoke to uh, Nemesis's first two pages that the first few pages in this are, are it, it dives right into the story in a very interesting way. You have one page that basically is your setup. And it's it's a hundred years after the Great War that ended the world, but you know people still survived and built a utopia. However, with utopia um, comes a whole other set of problems, and uh, the the line that's used here is: "Turns out beings get along better when there's a great evil to be vanquished. Without that common enemy, it's a fucking mess, and assholes are all too plentiful, as are murders." Hmm. So there is a uh, police force, they're, they're called black cloaks because that is their uniform. Black, they wear a black cloak. And the first few pages, you, you have this scenario where you see um, there are these mermaids, right? The, and uh, in, in this lagoon, this mermaid pops out and spits something out onto the beach and collapses. And then all these other mermaids scream and then they push a human body or a human-esque body out onto the beach. And then you have these two bodies, mermaid and humanoid, um, and these like screeching mermaids. That's your, that's the beginning, right? Jeez. And fortunately, fortunately, you, you actually have that explained to you later in this book, in the first issue. And that's the luxury, I think, of having a really big-sized first issue uh, with a 51-page ca- uh, page count like that, because it really gets to expand and pull you into the world without being rushed or abrupt. So this this gently pulled me into something that, again, are, are sort of not the things I look for in mm. stories, right? So, so I, I really was compelled by the, the main character that we follow. Uh, I believe her name is Phaedra. Uh, she is an elf who used to be royalty but was exiled, and you get a hint as to why that was. Uh, she is a black cloak, and her former royal fiancé is found dead in a slum apartment, and that's sort of the beginning of the mystery, and then you start to see the pieces fall together and how it connects to that first scene. So really well-written, well-paced, 
Uh, I don't know if each subsequent issue is going to be a, that that size of a page count. I kind of like a bigger introductory issue, and then you just do smaller chapters after. And then if it is your want to do like a nice big ending, right, with a, a an extra size page count. But um, yeah, really, really like this. The art style is uh to me is reminiscent of chris ware if you know like the acme novelty library stuff mm -hmm. uh oregon rusty brown and 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 almost like emoji emoji art right thick bold lines there's detail but not too much line work going on so everything really does kind of flow uh but is solid and bold and stands out on the page and the color palette is is really subtle at pu at pulling you into that world and into the art. And I think if uh, there was like brighter, more dynamic colors, you would probably, it would be too, too jarring. So I think this really meshes very well. So a pleasant surprise, a great mystery, a really cool cliffhanger ending. Nice. Um, and I don't really want to give away too much because I think part of the joy and part of the experience is seeing how these dots connect and seeing how these characters work and also seeing the the interesting technology that they have to use like you, you know because the cute the flesh-eating mermaids that live in the lagoon screech so loud it is a a government mandate that that by law that if you're on the beach you have to wear these headphones mm. and you communicate like through these microphones and stuff uh the gloves that they use you know when they're inspecting the crime scene look like they're like almost like electronic rubber gloves right it, it's just it's a neat little coloring choice and, it, and an art choice that 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 sets this world up uh as does do the backgrounds the uh the just the gorgeous designs of the buildings and the the rooms they're in and yeah it just all really worked for me so black cloak from image comics uh, again, great job, Kelly Thompson, Meredith McLaren, and Becca Carey. Uh, really impressive. I, I urge you guys to, you to check this out. Again, 51 pages of story for five bucks. And again, it's a very interesting, compelling story. So Nice. Okay, cool. All right, guys, check it out. Yeah. All right, book number three. We'll keep this one nice and short. All right, so $4.99 as well, which is quite different for this book because this book is always or any video, uh, iteration of this book is usually 299 currently right so this is spawn unwanted violence it is a two issue mini series which is really short but you get a good 40 pages off of the first one which i'm assuming you're going to get off the second one as well so that gives right. you a good 80 pages between the two so enough storytelling there um this is written by Todd McFarlane who's also the creator of Spar, art by Mike Del Mundo, uh, colors by Mike Del Mundo and Marco D'Alfonso, uh, lettering by Tom, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher this last name. I've seen it a thousand <laughs> times. Or Chinchowski. Yes, and, and World Design. Uh, all right, so the best thing about this book right now, I'll tell you, is the art. Mike Del Mundo's art is, is just, yeah, it's, it's different. It's, it's a painted style. Um, in this particular issue, but it's gorgeous. Uh, and, and I really, 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 really like it, the way that he's, it almost, it's not watercolor. It almost feels, it feels like watercolor, just on a borderline, maybe some gouache or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just, it's a beautiful looking book. Uh, but, you, you know, you got Todd doing the, the, the script and, and the plot for this. So if you've been reading Spawn since issue one, 
um, and you like Todd McFarlane, then this is going to be right up your alley. Uh, but basically, the story is this. You have a character called The Freak, which I believe made its uh, debut appearance in issue 33 of Spawn. Yes, um, but yep. this is kicking off of issue 300 because of something that happened then. So there's a ah. reference there. So if you are currently reading Spawn, then you'll get the reference in the book here. You don't necessarily have to be reading it in order to, to pick this up because it's its own self-contained thing. Um, but just that one reference, then you'll find out. The, yeah, because I need to go back because I've been trying to read it from issue one again. And as mm -hmm. everybody knows, like as, as when we talk about Image or when we talk about Spawn, everyone knows because I've said it a thousand times, it is the first <laughs> book that I bought with my own money. $1.95, Spawn issue number one. So, yes, I still have it. Um, but I dropped it probably somewhere in, like, the 50s um, because just life happens. You grow a nutsack and you start dating women and shit happens. Um, and then all of a sudden you get married and you go back to comics again. That's the life, the circle of life. So I like to get those fucking missing issues in between because then I picked, I picked it up again probably around early 200. So I've got all those issues in between that I got to catch up and stuff like that. But I picked up the trades and I started, you know, reading it from the beginning again. Um, and I remember the free coming in at issue 33. And I'm trying to read it all the way up to see all these weird issues of, of characters, um, some that I know and some that I don't know. Um, but I'm going off on a tangent. This is my personal history. But basically here you have uh, Spawn trying to recruit the freak to do a job for him. Um, and you have all this like little mini story that kind of uh, starts you off in the very beginning. Um, with the freak, or what he's doing before Spawn comes to get him and stuff like that. Uh, but basically, he wants to recruit him for uh, this particular thing that's going on with uh, children um, dying and who's the cause of the children dying. And there's too many of them and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so they have a little bit of a headbutt. They don't find and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. The only thing I probably could have dealt without and I don't like him in my comics. I don't care if they were from, you know, the Silver Age stuff to the Golden Age stuff, uh, the 80s stuff that, you know, if we look at, you know, we're talking about Batman Dark Knight. One of the things that really throws me off is like the, the political aspect of it. Um, I understand why it's there and I understand the inspiration for some of the writers and stuff like that. But whenever we have reality that it's creeping into our comics, especially if it's going on now and it's mm -hmm. current events. It, I'm like, dude, I do not want to go back to school. I see it in the <laughs> news every fucking day. And, you know, to, to every, you know, artist and writer and creator to their benefit, you know, they want to tell a story. I get it. It's just one of my things, right? Like, I don't like fantasy. I don't like anthropomorphic shit. I don't like 90% of shit that's in comics. But I read a lot of shit of fucking comics, which is crazy because that's not a lot of 10%. Um, but yeah, so that, that was the only thing, like there's a very, there's a, a political angle that comes in with what's either transpired recently or currently going on. That just kind of took me out of like, oh my God, not again. Um, but other than that, I really enjoyed it. If you like Spawn and you're reading the other, you know, 20 titles that Spawn has right now, The Scorched and <laughs> Gunslinger and King Spawn, then, you know, another two issue miniseries is, is going to be right up your alley. So yeah, if anything, I, I mean, the story is pretty interesting. I want to see what happens because uh, it left on a really good cliffhanger. Um, and then the countdown, for some reason, is still going on. Do you remember that countdown from Spawn? The yeah. Count the countdown clock? That, it fucking, it's been, what, 30 years? And that shit still has not hit zero. It's only on he's, fucking... He, yeah, he's juicing that he, shit. 
long-term plan. Uh, yeah, because I think that's why he's started to introduce all these spin-off titles, and you know, with this miniseries, I think touch back to some pivotal moments, I guess, uh, because he's, I think, building towards something. So, so I guess know, how, how how long it's going to take for him to get there, I think, is as long as Spawn keeps selling. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, if he dies before that shit gets to zero, I'm going to be pissed off as well. <laughs> So there's just I'm already pissed off with two comics this week. Because well, you know what he'll do? He'll he'll do the retirement, right? And then like a band, like he'll come back five years for like the farewell tour and do like <laughs> the, the, the epilogue miniseries that's gonna be another two hundred issues. Well, here's what's crazy, right? So I mean he hasn't drawn spawn since like the earlies. I mean, I he probably dropped it like around uh, maybe I don't even think he made twenty issues. If I'm being honest, because right. Greg Capullo took it over and right. he, had, he had that longest run. And then you had Jason Shaw Alexander doing some stuff for a little bit of while. And now it's uh, Barberi uh, doing right. stuff on the main. And then, you know, you got Gunslinger and, and Scorch and stuff like that. So he hasn't drawn a comic for yeah. Spawn. He'll, I, I think he did some stuff in 300. Ink. What? He'll occasionally ink sequentially. But yeah, he hasn't really done any page by page panel layout pencils no and i I want that i want at least one more if he does not a cop like uh an issue but like if he does sort of like an offset mini um that -hmm. would be great i would i would love to to see him just do it one more time but you know what he's got a toy deal now so i'm pretty sure he's got his hands full you you got to imagine if he does ever do a final spawn issue, he will pencil a, a majority of it and probably try to get you know all the previous creators back, you know all the previous previous pencils pencilers to come back to contribute as well. But you got to think that maybe he already did it and he's just he's working towards that issue. Oh, he's already got it in the can. I don't know. I mean, that's he's got a great business acumen aside from. Uh, maybe a couple misguided baseball purchases, but, but he, uh, he, he, you know, he, he has a vision, I think for his corner of image right. as well as his toy company. So I think, yeah, if there's one thing about Todd, he's got, yeah, I think he's got a plan and I think he does have an end game and for he's sh- working for sure. But all right. So you know what though? I, I'm going to go down a tangent right now because it'll be a small the- one. I promise. Because if we look at the original, you know, six image guys, you, most of them had multiple comics, except for Todd. Todd only had Spawn. Yep. That's it. You got you put Life, it all. Yeah, Liefeld had freaking 20,000 comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and wait, and Todd didn't open up a studio, did he? He was the only no. one that didn't open up a studio either. It, he just had the toy yeah. stuff on top of that. All right, so you got that, right? Then you had uh, Mark Silvestri. He had a couple of comics because he had Darkness, yes, uh, Cyberforce, I know for sure, and I know there was a couple of other ones in there. Uh, Eric Larson had Savage Dragon. I don't think he had anything else either. I think Savage Dragon was his only thing, right? Other than uh, like the minis with the Patriot and stuff like that. So the yeah, Patriot. Yeah, yeah, but nothing really. Yeah, like his, Savage Dragon, I think, is the closest you come to to another image creator spawn. Um, but even that hasn't been as consistent. Of an yeah, right. We haven't had uh, any in months, unless we're just not getting them anymore. Like, and and here's the other thing, the other thing outside of like the recent Batman Spawn and the other Batman Spawn, you know, uh, one shots from thirty years ago or so. Todd is, I think, the only one of the original seven that has has not necessarily gone back to do something substantial for DC or Marvel either. Correct. 
Yeah, I think almost everybody. Well, now you have Mark Sylvester doing the Batman Joker Deli duo. Jim Lee taking his whole corner, the Wildstorm Wild stuff, Storm. right to DC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. That's my tangent. I just wanted to see because, yeah, <laughs> I think it's just him and Eric Larson. Well, even well, Valentino hasn't done anything in forever either. I don't remember anything outside of Shadowhawk that he did hmm. for Image. Um, I'd have to go back and research that. But I know that he Jim Lee had a couple of books. Yeah, uh, he Touch of Silver, I think, was was Jim Valentino's like autobiographical, like his American Splendor. That was oh, really with Image for a while. Um, but I feel like he's also done a couple Marvel things in 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 the 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 years since Image has formed as well. But yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure they have. I mean, we know Rob has his fair share. He's do mostly Marvel covers and stuff like that. So that, that um, being said. Still, Todd currently does play in the DC sandbox because he's doing DC action figures. He's correct, know. correct. All right, makes sense. All right, well, Spawn, Unwanted Violence, Twitch miniseries. For those of you that enjoy Spawn, yeah, pick it up. If you don't know who Spawn is, um, this might be a good introductory as well. I mean, it's not an origin story. I was gonna ask. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you can you can by the the way it's written. Uh, it's funny because the way that Todd writes sometimes is just like it. It, it wants to be poetic. But it's just short of poetry. Um, but it's 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 yeah, it's good. I, I liked it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up the next one, finish it off, and see where it goes. Because uh, I'm still. I've always, the, I've always liked Freak as a, as a Spawn character too. Great design, um, and that action figure that old, the, you know, the the you know, 25 years ago or so, the early Spawn toys. They did a Freak action figure, and he was great. The detail was just like yeah. really fantastic on that. It was the one character they introduced that actually only that, that that had the only spin at the very end that i didn't see coming so it was like it was like the sixth sense of comics do you huh, know the origin of the freak no i know because i've only read uh the dave sim written issue of spawn what seven or nine or whatever the yeah, one with the, the cerebus the yeah thing. Uh, I've read two of the three Batman spawns. I've seen the HBO animated series and the spawn movie, but that's, that's my, really my extent of spawn. Oh my God. All right. So really quickly, I just love the look at that character. I thought the toy was, was really rad. Yeah. I like <laughs> this freaking crazy hair. Like almost like evil Ernie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit, a bit of a comparison, especially even the way that he was being drawn and stuff like that. But basically he's living in the sewers for a while. Spawn run across him, runs across him. Um, and you know, they end up fighting and then he just, they, they, for some reason they stop, whatever it was. And he convinces spawn that these people have done something to him and he convinces spawn to help him to get rid of them. So they, they get to this place where it is. He's still talking, talking throughout the entire issue and he's explaining what they did to him, um, and all these things. And he doesn't want it to happen to anybody else. And at the very end of the issue, you find out that it's a fucking, insane asylum that he's breaking into and he wants to kill the doctor that was treating him which was fucking crazy because he was fucking bonkers out of his nuts i was like holy shit um but something happens to him later on because now he looks really different uh, uh like something really terrible happened to him so i, I, I gotta keep reading if i know but less um, psycho like what more wall street does he wear a suit now yeah now he wears a suit and a ponytail which is fucking scary as hell <laughs> he's terry silver <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what he is. Uh, all right, kiddies. That's that's all the fun that we have for you this week. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, especially all the laughter and tangents, please click subscribe. 
most of all, tell one and a half of your friends. That's right. Everybody has a tall person and a short person they know. One and a half. Um, I'm the short person. Yeah, you're the short person. Uh, if you're a creator out there and you want to promote yourself and or your project and want to be on the podcast, just go to amazingactioncomics.com slash podcast, fill out the form. We'd love to have you on. Um, that's where you can also stay up to date on everything that's going on at Amazing Action Comics. Please, 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 please. I know that we you know, ended the year, started the year with supporting little comic book shops. If you want to stay around, please support them any way you can. Phil, where do you get your comics from? Well, I get my comics at The Joker's Child in Fairlawn, New Jersey. And yes, I mean, last week we I did a whole plea about supporting your local comic shop. And uh, I'm going to bring it, bring it, I'm going to get a little real, a little serious again now, Angel, this week, because oh, no. I was watching something yesterday about the state of the action figure uh, game, especially as it comes to big box stores like Target and Walmart and Walgreens uh, having their exclusives and GameStop having exclusives with Marvel Legends and things like that, uh, which have stopped. GameStop is not doing any more uh, Marvel Legends exclusives, or I don't think any exclusives now for GameStop. And uh, Walgreens has cut that out. Uh, seems like GameStop and Walgreens and Walmart and Target uh, are really not investing as heavily into action figures as they once were. And those used to be, at least for I, you know, people I know, like myself in the action figure game, uh, destinations. That was your route, you know, when you were going toy hunting. And, of course, the local comic shops were also part of that route and part of that destination. And now with these major distribution avenues being cut out and these exclusives no longer being produced, uh, it seems like your local comic shop right now is your main destination for action figures. So I'm an action figure junkie. I know you like a good uh, uh, McFarlane action figure as well. And really the best place to get them right now are shops like the Joker's Child and, you know, your local comic shop. Because it used to be uh, comic shops had a hard time getting these good action figures that everybody's looking for. And now it's uh, swung in the other direction. So not just comics, not just graphic novels and, and uh, you know, Pokemon cards and, and magic cards. But, you know, action figures are definitely the main one of the main things you should go to your local comic shop for. So uh, come on down to the Joker's Child and check out our action figures, man. There you go. That, that's, that's the 40 second spot that took three minutes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had to, like I said, man, I get emotional about this. So. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> yes, we, we need it. And, you know, we were having a conversation the other day. This is the last thing, and then I'm going to close out. But we were having a conversation the other day about th this generation of technology and the kids where they prefer their tablets over, you know, a comic book. And it's kind of scary because in the next 10 years, when we have sort of like who we are, we're middle-aged men that are going to be getting older, and eventually, you know, we pass on to whatever we pass on to. And this generation that's coming up and the generation prior uh, after that um, are not as heavily invested in the reading like we are, which is kind of scary because if there's nobody to get the product, then the product's going to cease to exist because it's supply-demand, right? If there's no right. demand, why do you need the supply? Um, and so I think what's really important is, you know, how do we get kids hooked on to... You know, as, as annoying as some of the kids are, they come into the shop and you know, because you motherfuckers roll your eyes when these guys come in um, and they ask their 20,000 questions that we've heard a thousand times, but we have to answer again. Those are the kids yeah. that I love because they're actually coming in um, they're and they're excited. buying they're stuff. Comics. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It yeah. is. It 
because again, it's it's like they don't they're 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 asking that question for the first time, even though Correct. you've heard it thousands of times before. So you know, again, it's like every comic. Uh, should be written as if it's someone's first comic. You got to give that answer as if you've never given that answer before. Right. Uh, you got to match their enthusiasm. Um, and yeah, it, it, you know, and it's fun and it's, it, it, you know, but yeah, it can definitely, definitely like, especially when they're indecisive. I find kids right now are a little more indecisive yes. in what they want. So this is where I'm getting at. For every occasion that there is, everybody knows some kid or whatever it is. So for Valentine's, it's coming up. Actually, for Martin Luther King, get a kid a comic. For Valentine's yeah. Day, get a kid a comic. For Easter, get a kid a comic. Don't buy anything else. Just give fucking comics. If they hate you, fuck it. Good. Let them hate you. But they got a comic in their hand. Just for I'm gonna give out comics for, for lunch. Comics. Look, they're high in fiber. So just yes, yeah, steady for their brunch. Eyes. Everything. Eat them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Pay your alimony in comics. It's all good. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna do that this year. Watch, I'm gonna give comics for every holiday. So, all right, kitties, that is all that we have for you this week. While Will is, uh, Will, while Phil is choking over there on his laughter. Um, until next time, please be amazing, stay amazing, and read something amazing. Yeah.